way, people. NBC News has been under fire for their strange attempt at normalizing two parents experimenting on their three-year-old twins by refusing to acknowledge their gender. The mother says her twins have no idea if they are male or female, and that they have no idea if other children are male or female. The father is nervous to discuss it with them, and when they do, they will tell them that gender is something that's fluid. Despite the fact that only 0.3% of the population identify as transgender and 40% of them end up committing suicide, these parents have decided to risk the mental health of their own children for an experiment of gender fluidity. Gender fluidity, the theory that there is no such thing as biological gender. Where did all this madness come from? Psychologist John Money, who claimed that heterosexuality was a superficial concept while advocating for what he called affectional pedophilia, is the man responsible for today's controversial gender studies. He believed that gender was learned as opposed to being an innate part of biology. Money's John Joan case has been celebrated and pushed to support the practice of sexual reassignment surgery, when in reality, it was a complete train wreck. The John Joan case involved a young boy named David Reamer, who in 1966, at the age of eight months old, suffered a botched circumcision. Dr. Money persuaded the boy's parents that sexual reassignment surgery would be his best option for living a healthy life. The child was surgically castrated at the age of 22 months, given hormone treatments, and raised to believe that he was a female named Brenda. Part of this experiment involved John Money forcing David and his twin brother to simulate having sex with one another, while David would pretend to be a female named Brenda. He also had the boys strip off their clothes and inspect each other's genitals while he photographed them. And he claimed that this was important for a healthy adult gender identity. He published several papers claiming the reassignment was successful, writing that the child's behavior is so clearly that of an active little girl and so different from the boyish ways of her twin brother. But David's side of the story was completely different. Unsurprisingly, David Reamer claimed these experiences were deeply traumatic, and at the age of 15, chose to live his life as a boy once again. And things ended badly for both brothers. The twin brother, Brian, developed schizophrenia, and both of them suffered years of severe depression before each taking their own lives. Brian overdosed in 2002, and David shot himself in the head with a shotgun in 2004. He was 38 years old. It's child abuse. And if we continue to allow the unrelenting state to stay their course, 
and we will see the end of the organic family as we know it. In Austin, Texas, this is Greg Reese reporting for InfoWars.com. Welcome to Counterspin. Today is the 23rd of September. I'm Hannah Spira, and this is episode 99, Parents Unite Against the Gender Bender Agenda. Now, our audience won't need much of an introduction to what's going on out there in the world when it comes to the extreme trans activists that are actually trying to influence your children and their minds and encourage them to think that there's, you know, 200 genders when actually, in fact, there's only two. Um, But here in New Zealand, it's finally awoken parents to actually get involved because the government is pushing the transgender through the relationship and sex education curriculum. And there are parents who are very concerned. One is Blair in Mongify. He held a public meeting after he didn't get very far with the Board of Trustees at his school. This has inspired a very concerned parent, Haley in Walkworth. She's also recently held a public meeting and we are also joined then by Kit. She's a therapist and she gives us her opinion and it's not her professional opinion, it's her personal opinion because professionals apparently are not allowed to speak out against this topic and it's very much a touchy topic um, and people can be cancelled. So we are trying to introduce um, some everyday Kiwis so that you at home can see that you can get involved, you can speak up, you can speak out. And when it comes to our kids, we must speak out because if we're not going to be their protectors and be their voice, then who is? This government certainly uh, has an agenda to roll out something that is very, very nefarious and it's causing a lot of mental health issues and a lot of confusion amongst our young people and we need to speak out and stop it. So we look forward to bringing our panel on this, of course, sits with the, the background of the Posey Parker event this week where she was not um, in attendance in the end back in March. Uh, she came to New Zealand to give women a platform. She held an event in Albert Park and it was um, attended by women who support women and it was also attended by a whole lot of extreme radical trans activists who apparently don't support women and don't want women to speak out. And you will remember that Eli Rabashkin, a man who likes to dress as a woman, threw tomato soup all over Posey Parker and effectively cancelled the event. Women were not allowed to speak. Uh, it got very crazy. The police did not do their job. They did not protect the women. And Posey Parker had to be rushed away by police and was quickly whipped out of the country. She did want to attend this week because her assailant, alleged assailant, was attending court, uh, was due to attend, but didn't actually end up attending in person. And once the whole charges dropped, the judge has yet to make her decision. So that was in the Auckland District Court. There was an event um, by stand, uh, a protest um, put on by Standing for Women, and that was attended by about 100 New Zealand uh, or Kiwi females, and actually some came over from Australia as well to support their Anzac sisters, and there were some great speeches made. So they had a great event speaking up for women, and the police this time did a very good job 
uh, because the radical trans activists did turn up again. Antifa was also in attendance. I always think if you really believe in what you are saying, why do you have to hide your face and wear masks and be so secretive? Um, Again, Antifa has a much bigger agenda and they seem to have infiltrated this radical trans movement here in New Zealand trying to get rid of women's rights, apparently. So that's the background. Posey Parker is a very strong women's rights advocate wanting to protect children. She makes no bones about it. She's very clear, and I absolutely 100% agree with her, that, you know, girls are girls. Women cannot have penises, and, you know, boys are boys, and men, um, well, boys cannot have vaginas. And anything that is trying to transition children to the opposite gender is tantamount to child abuse. So this is something that many parents have not even noticed come in the back door, but our panel, they are up with the play and they realise what's coming and they want to speak out while they still can in the hope that you will actually get out there as well and talk to your schools, talk to your board of trustees. So without further ado, Let's talk to our panel. Blair, if we could just start with you, can you please just give yourself um, an introduction as to who you are? Yeah, I'm Blair. Um, I'm a father of a 12-year-old son. He's uh, a pretty uh, active kid. He's a skater, and he's just like, heading off to the Nationals this coming week down in Gisborne, or we're going on, go, leaving tomorrow. But I got involved. You want me to tell you a little bit more about what I'm doing? What, how yeah, I and, and the organisation that you're running. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not. I'll just correct that. I'm not really running it. It was Terry and I, we sat, we were at the skate park one day and I'd been watching uh, very closely for the last two years, really, with this gender ideology that I could see was coming into the schools. And I started emailing our school um, about oh, 20 months ago. And I said, um, asked them the question, you know, what's happening? and they sort of said well it's nothing's happening nothing's changing um there's going to be a consultation happen at the school in november of 2023 um so then i didn't hear anything from them and and incidentally whenever i emailed them on this question i never got an email response i always got a phone call after having to jog their uh, memory that i'd sent a uh, email so i sort of uh, i sort of Got a little bit suspicious and I and I got a little bit more curious and I started asking more questions and I could sort of feel that it wasn't being it wasn't being they weren't being very transparent. So um Terry and I were talking up at the skate park one day and I said, look, we've got to do something. We've got to get start form a group. So that's sort of how it started. Terry and I um, got together with, with a few a couple of others local here in Mungify. And we didn't know what we were doing. We just started the ball rolling. Yeah. So um, discussed lots of things. And uh, yeah, we decided that what we've got to first and foremost do is get public awareness out there, parental awareness um, as to what um, is going on, uh, what could possibly come eventuate if this is to go into our school. So the group is Parents Against uh, Gender Education on Facebook? That's correct, yeah. Parents Against Gender Education, New Zealand. Excellent. Okay, thank you for that, Blair. Now we're going to move on to Kit. Kit, if you could introduce yourself to the audience and a bit of your background. Hey, um, I've been 
working as a therapist, trained at Waikato, went to Australia, trained there, came back since about 2007, 2009. Um, I work with a lot of uh, adults who've been traumatised, and that's emotional, physical, sexual abuse. And so I've, I've, I've sort of, and, and the parents who whose children are actually going through this um, gender thing at the moment. So I became a little bit concerned and I, I started listening to some of the experts overseas, started watching the research and and started sort of getting my head around what, what's actually going on. Yeah. Excellent, and, okay. And I met Terry as well and she asked me to speak, so... Great. And then finally, Hayley, how did you um, come to be on this panel today? And what's your background? Um, similar to Blair, I um, had been keeping an eye on overseas with things that were happening. Um, the sexualization of children was, a, you know, like the real um, trigger point for me. Um, and I probably about 20 months as well, I saw a video that um, Bob had done. I think he's going to give you access to those. And it talked about the updated curriculum for relationships and sexuality education. And I was horrified. And um, I immediately went in to speak to my son's school to talk through it and, you know, ask what what these different things mean and the, the language that they use. I found quite... Um, sneaky so I wanted that to be clarified um, and then again this year when I saw another thing with the curriculum I went back into my son's school and talked to the principal and his teacher and just said to them you know how are you going to going to explain this word to you know my eight-year-old and how are you going to have this conversation and um, I felt somewhat comforted but still very concerned that this could go through. And so I just started trying to um, tell as many people as I could, you know, thinking immediately that people will be outraged and want to do something, but um, I kind of didn't get that reaction. And then luckily I stumbled across um, Blair's page and uh, made it up to their Mangawai meeting in time. Um, and it was a fantastic team that had put that together. And so I said, I want to do similar meeting in Walkworth. Um, and they helped me. They just put me in touch with people, gave me support. Um, and, yeah, we had that meeting last week, this last week. So that's where we're at. Excellent. So, Blair, let's go back to you. How many meetings have you had so far and, you know, what's the response been um, from parents, the wider community, or even, you know, the school staff? Um, do you mean public meetings? or Yeah, you... so your public uh, meetings. We'll talk about those first, and then you can talk about your meetings when you've actually gone to the Board of Trustees and stuff. Okay, well, we've only, we've only really had one public meeting, um, and that was um, middle of... August um, was two weeks after we went to the Board of Trustees meeting and they said that they were going to have the uh, curriculum survey put out the next day, which was a Tuesday. 
Um, and then we uh, really sort of ramped it up and decided that we'll get this um, public meeting uh, here in Mangafai um, and invite some speakers in and Kit came in and uh, Bob McCoskey and we had another lady on Zoom uh, came in and um, <clears throat> spoke and we managed to get, uh, I don't know, it was pretty close to 100 people to that meeting. And that was due to the work, I suppose, that we'd done um, with, with the public awareness. So there were people looking at that stage for information, and it was quite timely that the curriculum survey had just been um, put out through the school to the parents and the caregivers. And, um, yeah, it was a very informative meeting and a, very, you know, a real eye-opener for people. Um, so really that's the only meeting, public meeting we've done. Um, to get it to the point we're at right now, which was, yeah, the last BOT meeting was a couple, well, a week ago, but over a week ago. Yeah, and now let's talk about the Board of Trustees meetings because um, it seems like they're trying to shut you down, Blair, and they don't really want you talking about these issues. Yes. Um, there's so much so much mix, mixed messaging, you know. Um Going back six weeks ago when we had the first Board of Trustees meeting and we'd asked for some speaking time, um, they knew that we were coming to talk to them and, and ask questions of um, their consultation meeting and when is that going to happen, um, <clears throat> the public consultation meeting, which you know is basically a meeting where they supposedly tell us what they have decided to do with their, what they're going to present to the Ministry of Education in regards to their idea, Mangafai Beach School's idea of what they think is a curriculum that should be taught, utilising the guidelines from the RSE, which has obviously, you know, largely got um, inside out and, um, and um, family planning directing them on these guidelines. So uh, we were very clear and we said we, we, we wanted to be at that meeting. <clears throat> I'd, I'd, I'd talked to the uh, the principal and the board of trustees and the deputy principal and um, had actually been granted about 15 minutes speak time. Two of us um, requested that and they, they uh, granted that. Um, and then on, so that was on the Friday I got granted that talk time uh at that meeting which was on the monday and then so i sort of put a message out on on the local facebook page you know on basically a community notice like let's get along to the board of trustees meeting let's find out um and there were a lot of people at that stage they were asking people to email um um <clears throat> request it or, or or an acknowledgement that they were going to be coming to that meeting and they had about I, I suspect over 120 or 130 people actually had, had said to the school, we want to be at that meeting. Um, so I, um, like along with everyone else, went to that meeting and I'd been granted speak time. And But on the Monday morning, the school put out a notice on their Hero, on their Facebook page, and also um, their email to all parents saying we don't know how the community has got this idea that this 
this Board of Trustees meeting is about the RSE, there seems to be some confusion. And I was like, what? So I got straight on the uh, phone to Aaron and said, what do you mean? And he says, well, it's not actually about that. And I went, but you know why we're coming? And there's a, well, it wasn't actually Aaron, it was the, it was the deputy principal. Um, and they sort of said, oh, it's a misunderstanding. I said, no, there's no misunderstanding. I've got parents ringing me hard out saying, look, are we going to this meeting or not? So anyway, long story short, I, I thought, well, best thing I can do to try and uh, let people know that it is going on and it is happening and we are talking about this. I've been given speak time along with someone else, Terry. I said um, on a video message on the Facebook page, it's definitely going ahead. There seems to be some confusion, but but please completely ignore that and get along to the meeting. And that we did. And when we got there, there was actually very open discussion at the start of the meeting. There was probably about 45 of us there or something like that. Um, it was a very open discussion and the floor was quite open for people to, you know, to, to ask questions. And they were quite, in a way, willing to uh, answer a few of the questions. Um, and that asked for us to file our questions prior to the meeting. Um, and then, um, obviously, there was two of us that actually had our time to actually speak, and um, we did. It was well-received, we thought, and then the uh, curriculum survey came out the next day, which they promised would be uh, open, transparent, very easy to read, very easy to follow, and parents will be able to decipher, um, uh, you know, or come up with um, whether they do, whether they don't want it, and that's what we're going to base our you know decision on. And then when the survey came out the next day, it was just like, what? 120 pages and 120 links? Who's got the time to do that? So um, obviously our team got together and started looking into it, and it was, um, yeah, very, very misleading, very, very deceptive. And I know, well, we know now that there was only 200 out of the, you know, 650 kids at our school that actually, they actually got 200 or 207 um, um, people returned their survey. Um, and apparently it was a very close margin between people that were in favour and people that weren't. So... Um, do you want me to go and talk on to the, the following yeah, so meeting that we just what we'll do is I'll just today or I'll just um cut in there because Kit Kit's um short for time so we'll come back to the next meeting and you can carry on the story but maybe we'll bring Kit in here and and how did you get involved in all of this Kit and what's you know why why are you wanting to speak out about this as a you know as a therapist um. I'm just going to say too, disclaimer, these are my personal views, not necessarily those of my professional body. Um, so why I've spoken out is I'm more scared of what happens if I don't. So what do you think will happen if you don't say anything? Well, you know, from listening to the experts and uh, Dr. Miriam Grossman, she's a child psychiatrist. Um, she's great. She wrote a book called Transnation. Um, is what happens, you know, going through puberty is a, a really difficult time for kids. It, and if you 
if if you if you sell them the idea um, or promote the idea that that their normal gender confusion can be um, you know, you know, has an explanation which might be there in the wrong body, which is nonsense. You in the body you've born into, which is either male or female. Um, yeah. So, so, the, so you've you've given talks like you've joined these uh, one of these meetings, or you know, how how are you now publicly getting your message out? Um. Well, I, I. I I will speak if I'm asked to, um, but I'm 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 not really getting my. Well, I suppose this is getting my message out, um, and I I speak up where I can. You know, I've got grandchildren. I don't I don't want them thinking this is okay. I don't work with children. I work with adolescents. So, what I might do is look at the underlying reasons that people. Um, feel they're in the wrong body you know this this is it's a lot more than people realize unfortunately yeah so you've got um some great uh resources and things to say and this is all about trying to inspire others as well around the country to start you know having these public dialogues with their schools uh, with their board of trustees so if people around the country want um, you to give a presentation, is that something that you would be willing to do? Certainly. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to speak out. And, and, and it's probably worth noting too, it's not comfortable to speak out about this. And there's this great fear of being cancelled. And privately, people agree, publicly, they don't say anything because they're afraid of the repercussions. And and what have we got to? Yeah, and I think we should get you to maybe explain as well what is happening with the puberty blockers and also surgeries as well because I think that's, from what I'm hearing, is the most concerning thing for lots of parents out there, that their children are going to be influenced, you know, either by the school curriculum or by online contagion. Maybe you want to comment about that, and then that's going to lead to them actually doing some long-term damage to their bodies that's irreversible. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not a, a doctor, so I can't really speak to that. Um I don't know how easy it is to get puberty blockers in New Zealand. I, I, I suspect it's not that easy. Um, and I don't know about transitioning in this country, but looking at overseas trends, and, and Chloe Cole is, is somebody really worth watching on YouTube. Uh, she's a detransitioner. She had her breast removed at, at 15, and I'm, I'm just going to say I don't I don't think we're doing that here um but overseas this is, is it's quite prevalent um and puberty blockers sterilize you know the, the the more the further you get into the interventions they sterilize you they have all sorts of health complications and um most of the stuff is resolved when children go through puberty and I have no problem with somebody wanting to change their gender after puberty, after adulthood. You know, this is not 
you know, there's no particular bias in here of mine. But children should not be sold the idea that this is a way out of their teenage discomfort, which is what they're doing. I mean, we wouldn't tell an anorexic to, um, you, you, you are far too fat and you need to starve yourself even further. You know, we, we tell them the truth, which is that, that you know, when you go through puberty, you, you find things change and things settle down. It's, it's quite normal to be uncomfortable in your body. I don't think any of us were comfortable as teenagers. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting that you say that gender dysmorphia, it's um, just a normal teenage thing. Dysphoria, yeah. Dysphoria, sorry, yes. Yeah, well, your body's changing and growing. It's uncomfortable. You get attention from boys. There's, um, you know, you get sexual tension. There's all sorts of stuff that, and, and you know, for boys as well. Um, I'm just speaking because I'm a girl, clearly. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that that's not comfortable. Yeah, so maybe this is a good place to bring um, Hayley back in as a concerned parent. Just following, you know, what uh, Kit has just been talking about, Hayley, as a parent, what what part of that makes you feel really uncomfortable? And you know, have you noticed, you know, what what's happening with your children at school? Have they have they come home speaking about some of this education that they've been um, getting about? You know, I don't know what 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 are they teaching your kids? At this point, they they're not do they're not putting their consultation out until after the election, <clears throat> because they think you know possibly that this highly sexualized, um, updated version might not get pushed through, which would be fantastic. Um, so I've I've been in to speak about when they say we we're teaching the kids to be inclusive of all people and you must respect all people. And I teach my son to have boundaries and to respect when respect is given. You Respect is not automatically granted to people. They need to earn your respect. Um, so I did have to go into the school and say my son was being bullied. And uh, the, the line that I was given was that we, ha we can't just cast that boy aside we need to be inclusive and you know bring him in and and I said I've got no issue with my son being inclusive he's a very friendly welcoming child I, I'm teaching him boundaries so that when something happens that he doesn't like he's he knows that he can say no I don't like that I want to speak to someone you know someone in charge or <clears throat> or especially I want him to speak to me and that's what concerns me about the updated curriculum is that they're they're coming between parents and children and they're, they're going to be doing sneaky things behind parents' backs. Like if children want to go to school and change their gender, they're not going to tell the parents. And I think that they should be helping to foster and build relationships between the parents and the children so that they can have that conversation, you know, if they're feeling uncomfortable about anything or have any questions or they've heard something, it should be encouraged to speak to the parents about it. It shouldn't be up to the schools to come in and tell the kids what they've been told to say by the Ministry of Education 
and cutting out the parents' beliefs and and rights to um, talk about those things with their children. And and like Kit said, I'm I'm not homophobic. I'm not transphobic. My brother is gay, and my son understands what that means for his age appropriateness. And nobody else needs to talk to him about that. That's my place to talk about that. Um, at his, you know, for his age, and they do want to start talking about all in the updated curriculum. They do want to start talking about, you know, gay, trans, bi at eight years old. It, the RSC curriculum starts at five, and it gets progressively more sexualized as it goes up. Um, and a lot of that should be up to the parents um, to have those discussions with their children. So can I just ask, um, and maybe this is uh, maybe this is too much of a sensitive question, and maybe it's not something we can talk about publicly. But um, when you're talking about, yeah, you're going to be talking to your child about these things. How many, when you're educating your child on genders, how many genders are you telling your child that there are? Two. He's eight. You know, why would I confuse him with anything? It's, and he knows there's boys and girls, there's male and female ducks, there's male and female sheep. He he knows enough about the world to know there's just, you know, but in saying that in, in the group, we have a lady who does have an intersex child who was born with both reproductive organs. And so it's been really hard for her because She's been tried to pull, have her child pulled into this movement and she doesn't want it. She wants her child, you know, they let her choose the gender when she was older because she did have both and they wanted to know um, how she was going to feel. That's a genuine example of, you know, gender dysphoria. Well, it's not even gender dysphoria. She's, she's intersex. <clears throat> so it's, yeah, it's really actually- unfair for it to be hijacked when there's people like her um, that are trying to get help and and that movement's been hijacked from her. Yeah, it's very concerning because um, I think I think intersex, I can't remember from memory, is like 0.01% or something of the population. I know, but it's tiny. Yeah. 2%. Zero is 0.02. But there's not many. And, you know, one, one thing I learned at university about um, hermaphrodism is that if you leave them alone, um, uh, some of them do choose to keep both sets um, and have very happy, well-functioning lives in that department. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Can, can, interesting be, study. Bef- yeah, before you go, let's talk about, let's, talk to parents because um you know being I was working in early childhood education um and I was watching this stuff you know roll out not not in terms of the curriculum but just the mentality amongst the parents um you know five Mm -hmm. six seven years ago where parents were already feeling like if their child of the opposite sex was wearing you know the opposite gender's clothing they were then latching onto that and really fostering it and I've got this one particular um family in mind and the boy was you know he enjoyed wearing dresses and then they got him a big 
pink sparkly bike for his birthday and they would buy him, you know, all the girly stuff. Um, and he was still in kindergarten. Um, what's your advice? Because obviously at that age, these children are kind of just experimenting anyway, you know, with different clothes and, and you know, sometimes they play, pretend play, and they'll pretend to be the opposite sex and it's it's all just imagination. Uh, what would you say to parents if they are seeing this? Should they, like that one particular family, foster it and really encourage it? Or should they just step back and, you know, just let it unfold naturally and, and not go either way? Well, if I, if I can speak from my own experience of raising um, a few children and boys, and one, one was um, very gentle and feminine and he liked to dress up like that and play with dolls and, and what have you. And I just let him do it. He grew out of it. And it was never an issue. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about affirming. You, you can affirm your children. You can affirm, yes, you're a boy because you have the, the, the genitalia and yes, you're a girl because you have the genitalia. If they want to dress up and play, let them do it. I mean, yeah, but that's all that. That's all it is. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't mean they actually are that. Or it's like if they were pretending to be a dog or a cat, you wouldn't actually tell them that that's what they are. Now they need to start eating out of a cat bowl or a dog bowl. No. <laughs> all right, Blair. Let's bring you back in because um, I think it's important touching on this inside out organization that is actually pushing a lot of this stuff. So would you like to just touch on on that group? Yeah, well, Inside Out is a group of people that, um, uh, I don't know, I, I don't quote the numbers, I, I, roughly 27 to 30 members that are that are on that, uh, in that group of people, and they are all um, either trans, bi, uh, out, lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer, um, and they all... Um, I don't think there's one straight person. I don't quote me on that either. There may be, but I don't. If there is, there'll only be one or two. Um, and they are the people that are, and I don't believe any of them to have any education background. And if they have, they it'd be once again only a couple. Um, in terms of you know being to teachers training college or any educational institution that teaches them to be teachers. They all range from about the age of 21 to 32 or three years old. Um, they are all uh, being seen to be at things like Rosie Parker events um, on the trans activist side of things. Um, uh, so these are the people that are actually gathering the material and putting together um, the curriculum's expectations of the, the schools to adopt from the MOE. So they're the advisors of the, to the MOE, along with another group, which is family planning, and some other entities as well that are all in there, you know, as part of that um, design of the curriculum. So yeah, they 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 are they are. They are more on the trans activist side than the the, the 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 LGBTQ community, which largely 
um, I would go so far as to say it's over 50% of the LGBTQ community are not in agreement with this at all. So yeah. um, let, let kids be kids. Hands off our children, you know. Yeah, as, that's as the, right. The, is the majority of the LGBTQ it is only the trans activists that are getting in behind it because like there's money in it. There's there's a lot of money flying around. Yeah, and we'll um, come back to that and and your other meetings. I just want to give Kit one more chance to say any last comments. So um, I know you've got to get going now, Kit. So thank you so much for joining us. And um, yeah, hopefully we can just develop this conversation and really raise awareness about it because it's something all parents should at least know about. I, I would encourage people to go to Family First and watch their Teaching My Children What and and, and learn about actually what's going on. Um, one, one, one sort of final comment is, you know, once children, they leave school and, and what have you, and maybe this is an ideology that they've adopted and for a lot of children that don't fit in, they it, it, it feels like a good fit. The parents are left with the train wreck and that's one of my big concerns. Yeah, well, you'll be seeing a lot of those train wrecks um, in your uh, therapy room. So, yeah, again, thank you so much and uh, we look forward to keeping in touch with you and letting um, the audience know how things go on. Okay. Thanks, Kit. So, Hayley, just coming back to you, um, what are you seeing out there? You know, this thing, Contagion, you know, online, all these kids are kind of sharing their stories and it's it's almost like they've found their little niche and they've found a way to be noticed and recognised uh, with these differences, let's say, um, but it seems to be spreading and it's it's like it's just influencing mindsets rather than actually being an actual thing. So... When I did my meeting, I had a um, a lady, a psychologist from Melbourne, dial in on Zoom. And in Melbourne, uh, in Victoria, in Australia, so Melbourne, where she's from, if you speak out against this ideology, um, you can get ten years in prison or a two hundred thousand dollar fine. So she has to um, use a different name. Um, because in her profession, they are not allowed to speak out, and and isn't that ridiculous? Like, yeah, and I think if there's that's nothing why... wrong with it. Why can't it both sides be shown? Yeah, and and that's why you know I think Kit was was a bit hesitant to say certain things, and she certainly doesn't want to um, mm. represent her profession because, like you say. They, they, there will be some serious consequences, and this is why it's so important that you guys are speaking out as parents. And what I've noticed now, Haley, you you may have be seeing different things on the ground, but I'm noticing that it's a lot of grandparents that are concerned. Um, a lot of yeah. parents of younger children at the moment don't really seem to be concerned or seem to worry about this um ideology. What's your experience? I think- I think because even me a few years ago, I was, you know, I was like, let, you know, let kids be kids if they want to wear a dress, if they want to change their name. Uh, I didn't see the harm in it. But once I saw that that one kid in that friend group, now there was two, now there was three, 
And I realised um, after doing a bit of research that it's a social contagion. So it's not isolated incidents here and there. And so, you know, and these kids, the the psychologist from Melbourne that did that spoke, um, there's been a huge link to autism with with kids with gender dysphoria. So they don't feel comfortable in their bodies anyway. And so if they're then told maybe you're trans and they get welcomed into this community where they've never felt welcomed and accepted before, it feels amazing for them. So why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very um, heartbreaking to see, you know, that, yeah, yeah, why can't we just um, teach kids? You know, because we touched on it earlier, most kids and teenagers at some point feel uncomfortable about something. But what happened to learning to love the skin that you're in? Exactly. There's no balance in this. It's just you must be in the wrong body. There, There is none of that balance of, it's hard going through puberty. It's hard being a kid. Kids can be mean, you know, uh, try and focus on, um, you know, doing things that give you confidence and, you know, there has to be a balance and there just isn't. So these poor kids that are feeling, you know, this gender dysphoria, they're only given one option. They're not given an option of saying, being told by adults and people that care about them, um, you're great, you're gorgeous in your body, you know, you're you're so unique. You give them that kind of feedback instead of just this one-sided approach to it. Definitely. Now, Blair, yeah. coming back to you, you um did you want to talk about your other meeting and the the money that's being made in this industry as well? Yeah. Um I suppose I should be very careful with them with with quoting um uh, the funding that the likes of Inside Out's getting, because it'd be very quickly, you know, jump on if, if I got it wrong. But I, but I, I do believe that they were somewhere in the vicinity in in 2019. Uh, the is a non-profit organisation. They were uh, receiving close to, I'm not saying how close, but close to a million dollars a year. Um. And now I would say that's um, <laughs> somewhat greater. Like, and I'm not going to quote the figures because I'm it'd it'd just be wrong for me to do that on here. But it's a lot of money, a lot of money. Um, so the money that's available to these people um, to promote this ideology, I believe it's almost become like a viable option for kids. They can see that there's uh, pathways, there's, 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 there's opportunities that are, you know, looks all glamorous and, 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 and exciting and, and, and new. And, um, and so, you know, and that's that transactivism side of it, that the opportunity isn't there for all because, it's, you know, there's not that much money, but they seem to be getting fed and, and led down that, path of 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 it's almost like a career um and not so much to be lesbian gay by trans it, it's it's more it's you, you come and come and join our fight for our for us poor people that society is so frowning upon us for all our lives and hurting us i mean where does that come from where, where does this we're so we're so 
attacked. I've I've never seen them getting attacked. Um, but they put themselves out there, and and in terms of when you go to these events like Posey Park at Albert Park, I mean, man, if I had my twelve-year-old son there, and I'm really glad he went came with me. We had no idea that it was going to turn out to what it was, but man, did he see? Did he see what they're actually all about? And to think that people would consider allowing these people, monsters, into women's and children's you know, bathrooms and, and toilets is just like, no, you, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want them anywhere near your children, your wife, your grandmother. Um, they were vile, absolutely vile creatures, and I'm straight up there. So, yeah, and, and I think what people need to realise yeah, is that uh, they're also pushing things like Pride Week, aren't they? So this is, this is like a programme that um, – or even Pride Month that actually gets rolled out in schools, uh, where they are pushing, you know, different events where you can support, you know, this community. But it's like you say, it's kind of become a bit more of a, I don't know how you could say, but like a, it's it's pushing the agenda rather than actually just supporting those individuals in that community. Yeah, it's, it's it's the minority of the minority that are getting all this attention. I mean, you know, the the the, the amount of focus and, and the amount of talk, um, you, you know, on mainstream media, it's just like everywhere all the time. So it's obviously being driven top down. It's it's getting pushed hard. Um, and when, you know, when I I'll go back to the first meeting that we had in terms of why a, a uh, let's look, look at what we're going to do, how we're going to move forward, how we're going to get this awareness out there. Now, what we did is there was four of us um, that met in a local lady's house just down the road. And um, Emma, the, 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 the deputy principal was invited to that meeting. Um, and she came and it was in school time. And the first thing that she said is, I just want to let you all know that the MOE just this week have given us a letter. And I presume it was the upper, like the headmaster and the principal, because when I questioned my son's teacher, he didn't know anything about it. Um, that is, they were gagged. Emma Greaves said, we are not allowed to cast our opinion we are not allowed to um, tell you what we think personally. Um, so let, they were gagged. They, they, they were gagged some four or five months ago, officially by the MOE. So along with, you know, every other industry, the nurses, the doctors, you know, on the other, you know, the, the other stuff, the stuff that we've seen in the last three years, um, doctors, um, policemen, um, that, that they're not allowed to cast their view either. So everything has been something's radically shifted within the government organisations across the board, where they're simply not allowed to have an opinion while they're in there, got their teacher hat on, their policeman hat, or doctor's uniform, or whatever. So um, it's obviously getting pushed down hard, and the schools really are rocking a hard place. Um, just like you know. If you don't get the jab, you're um, you're um, you lose your job, and Monty lost his teacher through that. Um, so you know 
the impending mandate that I believe is going to happen shortly, regardless of what our schools just decided and they said, look, we're not going to be implementing the new REC. My concern, and I've voiced this with the principal and the deputy principal, is that when it gets mandated, what are you going to do? And they said, well, that's another thing. We can't even talk about that yet. And I said, so you're sort of, are you agreeing with me? He says, look, that's something we can't talk about, Blair. It hasn't happened yet. And I went, and I straight away knew that he knew. So therefore, the results of this curriculum survey is really just a stopgap. Because although they've had the result come back, which is most of the community don't want this implemented based on their survey, um, what will they do? What will they do? Will they stop listening to the community and obey the government? Is that what's going to happen here when it's mandated? Because I do believe it doesn't matter what parliament, what, what who goes into that, that beehive this coming election, I don't believe there's going to be any change. doesn't matter who goes in. Well, uh, Nicola Willis, the deputy um, of the National Party, she's come out and said that, you know, she's got real, really no issue with men going into girls' changing rooms and um, she doesn't see that as something that's really, you know, worth protecting. So maybe, Hayley, we can bring you back in, um, you know, you went to the recent uh, event this week that Posey Parker was obviously supposed to come to, um, but she felt like it was too unsafe because of that previous event that Blair just referenced. And the person that threw the tomato sauce um, on her didn't show up in court. Uh, the judge as yet to make their decision on, you know, what will happen to this person for assaulting Posey Parker um, speak up for women still held their event and the trans community showed up as well to protest the police did however get in between the two groups and did their job this time which was good to see what did you think at um, as an onlooker at this event and, and why did you go I went because I wish I'd known about the first one because I would have gone to that and um, I was actually trying to organise um, a group of people, a lot of men to come um, so that we could be a barrier between uh, Posey and the radical trans activists. Um, but she pulled out, So, but we went down anyway. I went with my mum and my sister, and I was really scared because of what had happened last time. And I had my mum there. I didn't want anything to happen to her. Um, when we got in there, there were so many police. I was really surprised at the number of police that were there. And they were actually standing in front of the, the trans activists. And they were really trying to get up to us. And the police actually did their job and kept them away from us. We just want to be able to speak up for ourselves. No one asked us how we would feel having trans people in our public spaces. I don't have a problem with a total trans woman presenting as a woman using the bathroom. That's my personal um, opinion. But you can self-identify on the day and go into a bathroom, a woman's bathroom, and that's just absurd. 
a, a man with a beard and boots and whatever can just go into a woman's toilets and say, I'm a woman. And that makes us feel unsafe. Imagine, you know, young girls that are in there where they're with their dad and their dad's got to wait outside and the, a girl goes in and there's a big guy in there. Like, nobody asked us. There was no referendum. There was no anything to ask us how we felt about it. And it's just, like, it's a small amount of trans women that want to use our spaces, but... There's a huge amount of us that don't want them. Why don't we matter? When did we stop mattering in this discussion? That that's how I feel. I feel like we've just been completely steamrolled. Um, and I have no issue with adult trans. I follow quite a few trans on um, Instagram, and like uh, Blair mentioned before, there's there's a page called gays against groomers on instagram and the lgbt lgb community strongly feel that their movement has been hijacked by these radical trans people and they don't want to you know the other normal trans don't want to use women's bathrooms if it's going to make them uncomfortable you know they they say our feelings um do not outweigh women's rights so there's there are a lot of people in that community speaking out and saying that they don't represent us and they're actually doing a lot of damage to that community support for gay marriage has dropped drastically since all of this radical trans stuff's come about um my like my brother's gay i used to go to all the pride parades and the hero parades and protest for gay rights and this isn't it this is not the same this is pushing it onto children, sexualizing children, and that's why people are getting angry because they're coming after the kids and we will fight for our kids. Excellent. Now, this is a, a, a huge subject and I think this is a good place to end it. We've, we've started this discussion now. Um, Blair, do you want to tell the audience about how they can get in touch with you if they want to maybe ask you about how you dealt with your board of trustees or how they can in their community start a, a you know public meeting to, to get these issues at least discussed and in front of parents who may um like Haley said think basically it's all just quite benign but now you know they're waking up to see that there's a much darker agenda going on how can they get in touch with you okay we're only working on one platform the reason for that it's facebook um and the re i'll just explain that a lot of people said why don't you get on telegram the simple fact of that matter is is that we're trying to reach as many people as we can and and obviously unfortunately or whatever way you look at it facebook is is i suppose the biggest platform that parents um with children and grandparents use as a, as a go-to outside mainstream media. It's pretty much mainstream media. But however, the reason that we haven't moved on to other platforms is to keep it all in one place for now. Um, the, the, um, the page is called Parents Against Gender Education New Zealand. Um, and that is a, 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 a um, private group. We set it up as a private group where, you know, once you're a member, you can invite other people. There's a couple of 
three questions that you need to ask and then generally people are let on. The group's gone from, um, I don't know, we started about six weeks ago or thereabouts and it's, it's now sitting at about 14, nearly 1,500 members on that page where um, people are coming on from all over the country now to Needham, Christchurch, and New Plymouth, Whangarei, um, is intended to do with what we're doing is to be able to duplicate something. That's why we started doing what we did, something to just go, you know, talk to our school about and work out the way forward. So with the idea of being able to duplicate and maybe speed it up for people in the future that, you know, become aware of what what we're about was creating awareness in our community and that's spread out far and wide, but getting further and further and further out. So, so our encouragement really is to reach out to us on that page um, uh, and, and get, get involved on the page and, and we'll answer questions and we'll, we've got a good team of four or five, six of us that are, that are all working to try and help and assist people with, you know, it could be a PDF file for a flyer that we've used for awareness. It could be how we approach that could be an, an example of an email that you can send to your school to get the ball rolling. Um, so that, that's where I suggest people come to. It's our, it's our Facebook page and that's probably the best quarter call at this point in time. Awesome. Thanks so much, Blair, and really well done. It's not easy to put yourself out there and uh, speak out, especially about such a controversial topic, but you know, we need more dads to do it as well because um, you guys are traditionally the protectors. So um, I congratulate you for that and really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Can I just say one last thing? Yes, absolutely. I'm going to come to you, Haley. your oh, last sorry. words. And <laughs> if people want to reach out to you as well, how can they um, get in touch with you? Um, I'm on the page um, that Blair's just mentioned. So um, jump on there. and um, I'm talking to people at the moment off the back of my meeting. We've managed to set up some small groups for the local schools around here um, to, to get more parents aware, get a group together to speak to the board of trustees. Um, and we've got another meeting. Someone else has taken on the job of planning a meeting down the line as well. So it's good. So it's gone from uh, Mangawai, Walkworth, now Silverdale. And so, um, we've got some really good momentum at the moment, but um, I just wanted to to say and to be clear that our motivation is purely to protect children. We don't want any kind of sexuality spoken to our kids that we are not comfortable with. Kids should be kids, you know, go to school, make friends, have you know, eat your lunch, learn some maths and, and English. As they get older, that they can be introduced to appropriate things, but they can't keep cutting parents out of this conversation. It, it has to be between the three of us. It has to be between the parents, the kids, and the school. We all need to be in agreement about what's appropriate for our kids and in our group, we just want to protect our kids from any sexualization. 
so that they can just be kids. Excellent. And so people reach out to you through that same page. Is that correct? Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, again, same to you, Hayley, just really well done. I know it's uh, such a hot potato this issue and no one really wants to talk about it and and I didn't I didn't want to talk about it but if we don't who is you know (laughs) exactly so I think you guys are just such a great shining example of everyday Kiwis you know parents who can see that there's something going on they don't feel comfortable with and you're willing to put yourself out there and it's something we're all kind of muddling through with at this point, isn't there? Like we don't really know, um, you know, there's no real roadmap, but we need to do something. And I think you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Thanks for having Thank, us. Thank you. Thanks, It's Hannah. been a pleasure. Keep, keep us Thank updated you. with how you get on. And um, yeah, we'll share your Facebook page. And for all of you parents out there who don't necessarily know what this is all about, at least go and check out their pages uh, because it's something you really ought to know about. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You can find Counterspin, New Zealand's media revolution, at counterspinmedia.com. And now, on the InfoWars Network, at band.video.